Gio, what's going on in Montreal, man? Former captain, Ooh, former captain man. of the team there. Are they late on this? Is that a couple of years too too late? Or is this right on time? I, I think so. I think I think yeah, I mean I think it their success last year. Uh I think it was kind of out of nowhere. I thought it bought uh Burr some more time. Um but you know, obviously Montreal being in town the other night, I talked with Galley for a bit and he said it was just a tough, tough environment. Like it was just going to the rink is really tough. It's hard uh, to get through those days. You're trying to find answers. There's nothing going the right way. You seeing guys just kind of uh, checking out and making it hard. Uh, so it was, it was a tough time in Montreal. Hopefully this kind of sparks some things, uh, some change, but you're missing some big guys too, right? Like yeah. prices isn't blame, around day to day. Weber, Weber, Weber's not around day to day, you know? So like, it's hard to blame them. It's hard to, but I think their success last year set them up for a little bit of failure this year too. Cause I don't think they were as good as they were. They weren't as good as a team as, as far as they went last they, year. I they think. went through the playoffs it, it, with emotion. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, clearly they're a good team. They played well. They had a good, to get to that point, you can't diminish it. But I think uh, built for the long haul, they weren't there. And then you lose two of your top guys in that room. It's going to be a hard year. They lost a lot more than that, though, Gio. I, you're, I know you're naming. Did, you're naming. I'm talking the veteran, the, two veteran yeah. guys. So they, they lost, arguably, one of the best goaltenders in the National Hockey League in Carey Price. He hasn't been around all year. They have lost Shea Weber, the captain of the team, a solidifying factor on the back end that played 23, 25 minutes a game. Okay. They also, for a period of time, lost Joel Edmondson, another defenseman, defensively responsible, big, solid, physical guy. He was a big part of their, uh, of their run last year. They have lost him for a few games. They also Petrie was out for a bit too. Was he not? Petrie has not been the same this year. He's been yeah. out. I don't know what's going on, but he's been out for a little bit. And then you look at the forward line. They lost Kakaniemi, who is, you know, like he's a third overall pick a couple years back. He has not been a player that has um, provided to where he was drafted. That being said, very young guy, 22 years old, has played really solid hockey and was a factor of them getting to where they needed to go throughout the season and into the playoffs. They lose their number one center last year, okay, in, in Philip Deneau. They could not get him re-signed. Philip Deneau goes and signs out in L.A. They lose two of their top two centers. Then you have um, Cole Caulfield, the savior, as we would call him. Okay. He comes into the playoffs and he literally goes on fire. He looks like the real deal, you know, mini Guy Lafleur flying up and down the wings, scoring goals, making plays. And everybody in, in, in Montreal, Canadian land is like, this is incredible. And those guys are, where are they? They had to send Cole Caulfield down in the minors because he was struggling so bad, and rightfully so. He's a young guy. He's got to learn. But Philip Deneau, 
uh, Shea Weber, uh, Carey Price. Go and, go and pick the top three or four guys off every single team in the National Hockey League. You're going to see a major dip. Yeah. That's just the way it is. And I don't, I don't look at Bergevin like he's played not, he, he was nine full years as a GM. He won three division titles. He's made the playoffs six times out of the nine years. He's won six playoff series. He went to the conference finals in 2014. And then the Stanley Cup finals last year. I bet you he has a better resume than some, most of the GMs in the NHL right now. For sure. But I go, Petey, you, you said, was this years coming? Look, he's on the last year of his deal. He just brought a team to the Stanley Cup finals, and they don't extend him. Like, his contract status, like, why, why if you had a GM that you trusted, that you believed in wholeheartedly, that brought your team to the Stanley Cup finals, and you don't, you don't re-sign him? You don't extend him? I you wasn't aware. Into the I last was... year, you go into the last year of your deal with that? Yeah. Like, that's, especially in a place like Montreal, right? Like, where that's going to spiral – Something was there. I don't know I what it is. That he, he was in the last year of his deal, but he, I mean, knowing that, yeah. knowing that, I wouldn't have brought him back. I mean, even with the Stanley Cup Finals last year, because I think that so was just complete, been there too long. Like, well, do you well, need a change? Do you need a fresh okay, start? Nine uh, years is a long time as a GM in, yeah. in the National Hockey League. Yeah, nine years is a long time as a GM in the National Hockey League. It's also, you know, did he give Carey Price that contract? Not a good contract. Okay. Uh, he, you know, Josh Anderson having a great year this year, you know, they, they, he lost Coke and Niemi. Um, what else, what else had happened? They had the draft pick this year that was controversial. You know, you, you, you brought in, you traded Sergachev for Drew Ann. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, like you've got a long list of, of tough moves, man. I mean, that's like, it was, this was this was in the works for a while, at least I think. I think that that Stanley Cup run last year is what saved him. I think you already. And I, you know. And no, I mean, uh, Rivs, you talked about the conference finals in 14. That's when I was there. So after that year, I want to say he changed over seven, eight guys from that team. A team that goes to the, to the conference finals, you changed over half the, half the team. And it, it was a weird thing for that to happen and see that happen. And it was like the changes were being made for no apparent reason. You know what I mean? Like a couple yeah. of guys, you're going to lose a couple of guys here and there. And that that's going to happen. Uh, you got guys aging out, you got guys, contracts are up and you just find other guys within your system. That's completely normal, but close to half a team that went to a conference finals, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, I love Burge. I loved him when I was there. And uh, I just, some of those things that PD talked about, some of those moves are going to come into question and, and things like that uh, being a little too antsy in a market like that gets you in trouble too. I mean, obviously the 06, 07 Sabres team being the exception, because we lost our two best players to free agency, but most teams are supposed to add, <laughs> they're supposed to add to their teams when they go you know to the, the funny thing finals, is not we, switch over eight players we we talked about all the players like when you look at mark bergevin and and what he's what he's done and and who he's brought in to make the team stronger um and the lack there of the players that are you know the players that are 
out are, are major factors, but the players that are actually there this year are, are still needing to produce. And you had brought up a guy who is a major part of, of the Montreal Canadiens, and that's Jeff Petrie. Jeff Petrie in the last four years had 12 goals and 42 points. The next year he had 13 goals and 46 points. The next year he had 11 goals and 40 points. And last year in 55 games, he had 12 goals and 42 points. He was on pace for 60. This year, 23 games played, zero goals, two assists. What the heck is going on? He is so much better than what he is showing right now. And we don't know if there's an injury uh, situation or what's going on, but it's head scratching. Like Jeff Petrie has been an exceptionally good defenseman in this league for a very long time. And even he's under, like, there's a difference between, you know, not playing to your standard, but then there's, then there's a huge eyebrow raise right now. And, and that's Jeff Petrie. Yeah. And I don't disagree. I don't disagree one bit. It's what, what you come back to, right. Is, is where is the mindset at? Where do they stand uh, in relations to what's going on? Right. Like, you know, how it's been, you guys have been in a room that's spiraling the wrong way. It's hard to stop that momentum. It's hard to get your game back in order. And for a guy like, a guy like Petrie Gallagher uh, trying to think of who else would be in that room. That's going to have a big voice. Those guys are trying to find answers and then they're trying to perform on top of it. That is a tall, tall order because you get consumed with a lot of stuff away from the rink. And I mean, away from the rink, away from the ice, not away from the rink. You get consumed with the daily grind of trying to figure out and find answers that then that affects your your game, right? You're not able to yeah. focus on your game because you're focused on the the team and you're focused on trying to make the, the say the right thing or do the right thing, make the right changes, uh, starting to stop that snowball effect from going the other way. You know what I mean? I, I think it's... Is Montreal the toughest place to play when you're in this situation in the National Hockey League? I for name, sure. Name me, a, name me a place that's worse. No, I, it's... In good years, it's tough. You lose two in a row or three in a row in a good year. When you're a good team, it's hard there. Like things start to, oh, well, this is happening and this is what's going on. Rumors are made up. Um, you know, the one year we didn't make the playoffs when I was there, I was there five years. We didn't make it one year. I was hurt. I only had played 25, 30 games that year because of an injury. Um, we changed uh, – GM, we changed coach that year. That's when Randy Cunningworth came in. Um, it was right a miserable, Stop. miserable year. Stop right there for a sec. Why didn't Cunny get a longer chance there? Because I heard the guys absolutely loved Cunny. Listen, you played for Cunny. Everyone loves Cunny. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like I heard. Like, and didn't you guys actually do all right when Cunny took over? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I heard he put P.K. Subban in his place in a hurry. Does he speak French? That's oh. the that's – the, Petey, don't shake you your shake head, your head. Don't Petey, shake your there were – Take this, Gio. There were – I'm, I'm trying to find the word. It wasn't riots. There were uh, protests outside of the Bell Center 
because Connie did not speak uh, French. Come on. Legit. I, I swear to you, outside of the Bell Center, they were protesting. And, and the GM, who was uh, Gauthier at the time, uh, Pierre Gauthier, he came out and said, Cunny is taking over on an interim basis for the rest of the year. That was it. And now there's all these protests. And Gauthier didn't even come out and say, listen, this is a guy we want to take over for the rest of the year. We understand the sensitivity of, of, of having a, a coach that speaks French. But I'm telling you, there were protests. The minute he was named interim coach, protests outside the Bell Center because he didn't speak French. That's why he didn't get a look past the they didn't ask 25, other languages games he had. Connie Ware spoke like five languages. He spoke English. He's, he yeah. spoke lawnmower. He spoke, spoke snowblower. He pick spoke up trucks. tractor, pickup trucks, and snowmobile, uh, snowmobiles, and uh, jet skis and boats. That's why. He I can't believe. French. That's the only reason. I'm telling you the only reason. I was so happy when Connie, when Connie got that gig i was like and then I, I i remember you guys were actually doing well i felt like you guys were like he, he had he had done well enough to earn himself a chance at a longer opportunity and he didn't get the gig well and he I got like he got let go he wasn't even an assistant coach he got completely let go after that i i but that's when burge came in and uh everything kind of changed over from there want to hear a great cunningworth story so we're in Syracuse playing the crunch and those games got completely crazy sometimes. And cause we played them 14 times a year, once before Christmas, 13 times after, and they always had donkeys in the lineup. Like it was a, it was a shit show every time we played them. Okay. So <clears throat> they, they ring one hard off the crossbar. It goes bar down, does not go in. They call it a goal. Cunningworth's going ape shit. The, the, the score's tight. Gary Agnew's the coach on the other bench. And I, I remember Cunny was, was losing it on the ref. The captain's over. Who does talking to the, to the, uh, to the uh, ref over by the, the penalty box? Mika, Mika goes over and grabs the water bottle off the back of his net, and he splashes it in front of the goal judge and then wipes it with his arm, kind of like, you know, kind of cleaning the glass for him, being funny, right? So I think he gets tossed. Cunnyworth launches we just had jr on last week talking about when he threw the water ball across Cunnyworth absolutely launches a water bottle across the ice okay misses the ref by about a foot okay hits the dasher where the glass meets and the whole bottle like the lid pops off explodes but it's the blue powerade like the blue drink just goes everywhere the ref turns looks over at the benches and Agnew's just kind of looking over at Cunningworth like this and Cunningworth and Cunning goes like this. He points at Agnew and he <laughs> Agnew threw it <laughs> and he starts and then he runs down and the, there's only a piece of glass between the benches and he like pushes on the glass and I think he gets tossed. But anyway, yeah, so he launches the water bottle and just misses the ref, but he threw the blue Powerade, right? So anyway. That was Connie. And then he points and, and blames Agnew. But anyway, so 
Uh, yeah, the, the best no video, eh? There's no video of not the, the A America, back not, then. No. Not the A back then, no. But could you imagine if there was like uh, social media then? But oh my oh, god. Man. It was yeah. Okay. That's that's the minors for you. But anyway, um yeah, no, Gio, I, I don't know. Like we we sit here, we you were the captain of the Montreal Canadiens and, and you know they're making all these changes there. So uh, you know, with Bergevin, I don't know. I just I always wondered. I, I I could never take this guy seriously, and I don't want to. I don't want to you know beat this horse too much. But I just I couldn't take him seriously with the hair and the biceps and the suits and the. I didn't know what. I didn't know what he was there more to do to to be a model or be a GM. I think he was a perfect GM because I'm going to tell you Montreal. It's one of the most stylish places. I think in, in certainly in North America. Okay. They it's, it's incredible what they consider fashion. Anything you wear, you could wear a <laughs> pair of track pants with a, you know, a flannel shirt and a pair of rubber boots. And I'm going to tell you, people are like, wow, that guy has got it going on. Look at, look at the style he has. I mean, anything goes there and you yeah. have all kinds. And I, I loved it. It was a very different, uh, they, they, they love their culture there and there's a lot of culture and it was, it was a fantastic place to play, but I think he did a nice job. I mean, there's, uh, there's some decisions that, you know, we can all go back and kind of, uh, you know, say the things that we would have done differently, but, uh, for the most part, pretty successful. No, I think, I think it was a success for him. That's why, like you can, you can look at the things that he did wrong, the trades that didn't work out his way. But to be able to go in and trade P.K. Subban out of Montreal and have a win out of that trade, there's not many GMs that would have been able to make that happen. Or, or, or been able to make that move either at it. the time. Like, and, and he said, he, he, when he first came in, he said, this guy is going to either make or break me as a GM. is because he knew that he had to get him out of that room at the time, and he's matured and, and changed, but at the time, he had to get him out of the room in has order he? for that team. <laughs> has he I don't has know. PK I don't know. matured and changed? But I don't know. I think regardless, he's, regardless. I think he's gone, gotten worse. Is he a, is he a me, I think me he's guy or is, he a, or is he a team guy? He, he's extreme. I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's, I he's, 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 a, he's a me guy because he wants to self-promote. He wants to be the guy. But he is, he's a, he's a, he's a great personal guy. Like that's the thing that like, he's a, a good teammate because he includes everyone, right? Like he's not off by himself. Yeah. He's not like, that's not PK. PK yes. is fun loving. So he's a team guy. Yeah, like, You're telling me he's a team guy. A I've heard guy. he's a great guy. I don't, I, I heard he's, he's a great he, guy, but it's, he's, but he's he, a great guy, but he's a, he's a self-promoting self. And that's, and that's, I, I don't want to sell self-serving, but that's, that's, he came in at a time where that was really needed. Well, it was, it was a big, huge change, huge right? change yeah. from, from the, 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 the old guard of the NHL. That was a big shock to the NHL having a guy like that come in, which was boring as all hell. And the he changed, guard, the, he changed the shit out of it. And you, you know mean? what? There's so, a lot of guys that didn't like it. Hundred percent. Don't like and, it. I didn't like it. I'm, and me, I, me, and Hal Gill, and and the veteran guys in that room, it was hard to swallow. That's why I say, like, he. But he's a great guy. Like you can, like, 
in the room. He's personal, like uh, to the wives, to the kids. He's not malicious. He's not malicious with with what he's doing. He's selling the game. He's selling himself. And yeah. He's going to have himself a great career after hockey. There's no question. He's going to kill it on ESPN yeah. or wherever yeah. he goes. Yeah. So, so that's huge. He is huge. an incredible speaker. He was, was he, where was he last uh, year, Petey? His Jersey. Jersey. What do you mean? No, no, no. But uh, he, he did, uh, he did ESPN. He, he, he ESPN. He, yeah. He, he hosted tell you. ESPN a couple of times, sports center. Do you, I think. do you remember, do you remember what I had said to you? I think I had text something to you. P.K. Subban was on um, doing uh, throughout the playoffs, was it not? Yes. He, what, do you remember what I said? Yeah, incredible. Like, I mean, captivating, incredible. The way he speaks, the way he, the, the, the articulate, you know, thoughts that go who, through his brain and how he presents it is absolutely I mean, he was a he was a Norris Trophy uh, candidate, or or actually, sorry, he I, won. not candidate. He won. He won. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, he is going to finish the game of hockey. He is going to move on from the National Hockey League. He will be one of the best announcers, without question, with how charismatic he is, and whether you like him or you don't like him, you will watch him. The things, is, the only thing I didn't like about incredible. PK Subban and his, because he's extremely entertaining. It's those, it was when he was training and skating with Lindsey Vaughn. Like that was that, like the videos with Lindsey Vaughn are fine, whatever. You're going to be out to dinner or whatnot, but you're on the ice. Like, you know, and like he's running drills and it's like, oh my God. Like, but look at, look at us three. We are not social media savvy individuals. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm ribs, definitely not. Social ribs, you're not. <laughs> so, so what, what, like, that's the stuff that people are looking for. That stupid shit is what they're looking for is as much as we might not like it as much as I could never put. Craig uh, liked seeing Lindsey Vaughn in the videos. He did. <laughs> he, he did. But you know what I mean? Like it's, that's what, that's what people love. And that's why he's to the status. He is away from the game already. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, Things well, that like was- that. That was quite a long PK Subban segment. I, did, I didn't. I didn't really see it coming. I, think, Look, I getting... think the Sabers should go bring in his his salary cap and, and uh, bring in a couple players from Jersey. But I don't. That's that's way past. That was something we talked about back in the off season. But let's talk about a little Sabers, Gio. Are you, are you watching some of the Sabers? They're they're apparently yep. they're looking for a goalie. We just uh, chatted with Elliot Friedman not long ago, and he was he was telling us that the Sabers are looking for a goaltender. And is that Murray, their, pro- I'm assuming, is that their is, problem? Is Murray off the table? It's not. It's not their problem. Their problem are is the the problems that they're having are the problems that we've talked about previously. They are a good, hardworking team that just is going to fall short because of their inexperience and stuff like that. And that's what's happening, right? Like so, uh, much more entertaining to watch. Uh, a few games goaltending has hurt them, but that's just it. The numbers of the goaltender go based off of how the team is playing in front of them. And when the team is making mistakes and they're giving up great A's and now your goalies numbers go from nine twenty five to eight seventy five, you're like, well, where goaltending is not, you know, keeping you in it. It, it, it is a, a, it is something that they need. For sure. They're not, they're like the, the rest of their team, two 
not inexperienced, but they're just not there yet. That's not the level you need to, to win consistently on a nightly basis, but it's not their, that's not their concern. That's not why they're losing games in my opinion. Thank you for saying that because I, I couldn't agree more. I watch people pick on the goalies. It's easy to pick on the goalies. It's easy to say Aaron Dell is not an NHL goalie. It's easy to say Tokarski hasn't been a regular in the NHL in how many years. And you know, it, it, it's easy to make all these excuses. And, but the fact of the matter is, is that I went back and I was telling Craig earlier, I went back and watched a bunch of goals and I, I really only watched eight or nine goals of maybe 15 against, but I got the gist of it. I got the gist of what was going on. And I, I don't think I missed any other goals that, that like you watch. I've, I saw the soft goals that people were talking about. How about that? And I sit and I think, yeah, okay, some soft goals. Guy shoots from the outside, right hand is shot from the right side, and it goes in short side. That shouldn't happen. I get it. Well, you know what? Every now and then, great goalies allow those too. But you have some soft play in front. I mean, there's a goal against Columbus where, you know, Max Domi toe drags uh, Dylan Cousins at the blue line. I mean, like, you're supposed to finish that body check. You're supposed to hit that guy and, and try to take a body there and not let, and if, if you take a body, maybe that puck doesn't get to the, to the net. You have Rasmus Dahlin who just backs right into the goalie when a guy's coming down the wing to shoot and he just backs up, backs up, backs up, gets in front of the goalie's eyes screen. You got Mark Pesic who on a penalty kill, I was never a penalty killer. Jill, you ripped me once for making a comment about a power play. You're like, Oh, you're talking power play now. Hey, eh, eh, Petey. But on the penalty kill, like guy wide open in front leaves him alone and then goes out and tries to uh, tries to get out of the way of a shot taking away the goalie's eyes and it goes over his shoulder. I mean, I don't want to keep going here. These are just the ones that are coming off the top of my head. That doesn't sound like a goaltending issue to me. That sounds like like a a personnel problem. And and they need to improve it going forward. They're going to need to improve their goaltending, just like they're going to need to improve their roster. But I don't think that's the, the sole reason they're losing games. And I don't know what they're looking for to tr- try to patch that, right? Like you've got, uh, you, you, you got UPL uh, in, the, in the minors. How long do you wait for him to kind of come Let me along? ask you this, guys. Sabres are – the Sabres are sitting – I got to go. I have to look directly at, but at, the, at the standings. But the Sabres are, are where – fifth in the league. What point wise? I'm talking in there from a wild card. Like I'm they're they're five points back of a wild card spot right now. Okay. That's not a ton. That's not a ton. They have a lot of currency in draft picks, second rounders next year. They've got first rounders this year. Do you go and try and acquire a few pieces? What is it? The two top wild cards, right? Correct? So five points. So you're 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 trying to make ground on Columbus and, and Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, you're trying to make ground yes. on those they, spots. Those right. are the teams that are in those spots right now, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's how it finishes. No, I'm that, I'm that's saying only you, that's five points. Yeah, that's only five points, but it's one, two, three, four, five, six teams in front of you to try to, that you're that that you have to contend with it's not you're not five points out and you are one spot out looking at the standings right now looking at the standings right now 
Are you surprised with where they're at? Are you feeling that I feel that this is where they should be? Like, where is your thought when, when it comes to the Buffalo Sabres and where they're sitting in, in the conference? They're, they're higher than I thought they would be. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think if you look at this team, if you're 500 at the end of this season, which you're one game away from being 500 right now, I think that's a really good season and a good start to the next direction. I don't think you go out if you're Kev, Kevin Adams and look for uh, making a move short term to try to get closer to that playoff spot now. I think you just continue to build. But isn't there, isn't there a piece out there you could trade for right now, kind of like an, an Alex Tuck type piece that you're going to add to the lineup here maybe in the next month and a half or so? And – another player like that that you could insert maybe even a defenseman and go and if, find yourself a goalie and and who knows what can happen if those moves are out there for sure you have to make them but it has to make sense for you now and it has to make sense for you long term you know what I mean you can't patchwork it just for this year to get through or uh, the next year and a half you you have to can if the moves there you have to make it and I think uh, people have said that. I mean, Bergman even said that as they're going through the struggle. He's like, I'm not going to make a move just to make a move. So the optics say I was doing something. If it makes sense, you make it. Whether you are sitting seventh or you're sitting first, you only make the move whether it makes your team better now and or going forward. All right. Well, I, I, Biggest I just surprise I this year? wonder if they're maybe they're they're surprising themselves and think, hey, we could even be in a better spot. What were we going to say, Riv? Biggest surprise in the quarter mark of the season? For the Sabres? Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's the easiest question. I know you're probably asking Gio because he's our guest, but, I mean, that's the easiest question you could ask. Why? Tage, Tage Thompson, by far. Tage by Thompson? Why, is he playing well? <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me ask, is, is Tage playing well? Statistics would say that he's he's having an outbreak season, hmm. or a break career season. highs. Is he break, not already break breakout season? Breakout, outbreak breakout. season. Make the damn point. What are you what are you talking about? Uh, no point to be made. But I did call it. It's a matter of time before that man. You called the six together. foot five guy that can skate like the wind and shoot it as hard as can be. That you you called that he was going to have a breakout eventually. Here, is that is that what you're one hundred percent, one hundred percent? Everybody you're was a shitting on Tage Thompson. Genius, you are a hockey genius. That's bullshit, Leo or uh, Gio. <laughs> Leo. <laughs> calling you my dog's name now. <laughs> calling you Leo. Everybody was down on Tage. Everyone's like he's a bust. We got him in the Riley trade. He's bust. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. He got called up. How did he do last year? How did he do last year? Just answer your own question, man. Just, just go on. Just go yeah, on with I it. Mean, you I, love, like, you I, love I, throwing I the rhetorical questions. I can't remember. Did anyone have a good year last year on the Sabres? Wait, no. And, and it's, it's, a, it's about him coming of age, too. Like there's, He wasn't going to step in. And let's face it, he's – had more of an opportunity to be that because there's no Jack Eichel in the lineup. Where is he yeah. on that power play? He's where Jack right is. Where Jack is, yep. And and the funny and, thing and he is, doesn't get those he doesn't get those minutes. He doesn't get those touches without Jack 
not being here. So no it's a little of everything. He's probably in front of the net if Jack's here. Yeah, and you get Could one be, or yep. two maybe bounced off you. And the funny thing is it, it, the, the power play where on Jack's side, the puck, the entire power play went through Jack. There was only it was it was it was so it's static. You know, so static. It went from Darlene to Jack, and Jack did what he had to do, whether a shot or this, that, and the other, or it went to Jack to Darlene to the one timer to Olafson. Well, it seems like now that they've kind of switched where the puck control is coming from Olafson and um, Darlene, and you're opening up the one timer for for Tage Thompson. And I'm just happy for Tage because you know what? I mean, I think that, uh, you know, there, there, there is, there is pressure on him. There is pressure on him because of the O'Reilly trade and, and every player in the damn deal seemed to not really work out. And I'm just happy for Tage. He's, he's played very well. And I'm going to tell you um, the credit, the credit right now has to go to um, Granado. And, and, and what I mean by that is how, how about putting a six, seven guy at center and just saying, let's, let's give him a shot. Let's give him a shot. He played center. center. He played center for Granado at the NTDP, I believe. Did he really? Yeah, I believe he did. I believe he did. Then Granado's a genius. Good on him because I'm going to tell you it's worked exceptionally well. And when you're sitting there thinking to yourself, you know, in, in, in short time, you're going to have another player that played exceptionally well last year, okay? And that's, and that's um, uh, Casey Middlestat. And Casey Middlestat is going to hopefully find his game. It's going to take a little bit of time because he's been off for, for a couple months. But find his game, and when he comes back, if he can play his game and take another, another line to another level – now you're going to have a Tage Thompson. Now you're going to have a Dylan Cousins and a Casey Middlestat. And they're all under what, 24 years old? It's, it's, a, it's really, really nice to see. And then you have Peyton Krebs, who's in the minors right now, who is, who is, is getting it done. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of positive stuff. You got, you got Jack Quinn, who's leading in goals and in points the American Hockey League. He's 20 years old. He's 20. It's insane. Buffalo fans right now should have a smile on their face because every time I, I go and look at our boy uh, Baker, Chris Baker has given us the lowdown on, on all, these, all these players that are not in Buffalo right now. And Owen Power, every time he tweets it, he oh, he had two, 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 two more points tonight and played well, 25 minutes, and he was it, an absolute stud. And It's interesting. I was, I was talking to uh, Luke Tuck the other day. He came, he's back from his injury, and they played against um, Devin Levi. Okay, yeah. Played against Devin Northeastern. Levi. Is it Northeastern? Yep. And I didn't even ask about Devin Levi. I, I, I mean, I, we were just talking, and I said, oh, how was your first game back? And, and this is exactly what he said. I said, how was your first game back? He said, oh, I said, how'd you feel, blah, 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 because he had, he'd had an injury, and, I, and he just said, I'm going to tell you one thing. He said, Devin Levi 
is unbelievable. He goes, I don't know. He goes, I don't know how it translates to the NHL. He's like, no one really knows. He said, but right now, he said, this guy is unbelievable. That's, I mean, I guess he, he robbed him, but he, he had another he shutout. Mean, he had another he shutout. translates to the NHL? He had another shutout. Well, because I think – you got, like, you got. I think all he's saying is like right now, right now with where he's at in his development, he is unbelievable. And he's like the Sabers have an unbelievable pro- uh, prospect in Devin Levi. He's like, I don't know if that translates to the NHL or not. And how could you? Sixteen. I think that's a, actually actually for for a twenty year old kid to say that. I think that's pretty mature to say. I don't know if it translates to the NHL or not. But I mean, you know, I think he's sixteen right, right. games played. One. goals against his save percentage is 950 eight shutouts how many shutouts seven or eight shutouts already uh it doesn't say here but uh i know that uh i mean he's got over six six shutouts for sure those numbers are absolutely insane yeah, I think the score of that game, I think the score yeah. was like one nothing, maybe. One or two, two nothing. I saw him get lit up by BC though, boys. Who? BC lit him Devin up. Levi did? Levi. Yeah. No, when we were I went to Boston a month or whatever ago. So we had a twenty year anniversary reunion of our championship team. No big deal. And so we went to the BC Northeastern game. He was in net. BC took him down, boys. I Devin saw Levi. that picture. And handle BC. I didn't I know you s- won a championship. Never heard that before. It's the first. Um, what uh, was the score? Was uh, the score I don't the remember. Game? I think it was like 4-2, four, 5-2, four, two, two, something like that. I saw that picture, and I noticed something about that picture. Now, you guys know me. I'm, I can be – I'm known. I'm a bit of a dick sometimes. I'm, I, can, I like to rip on people. But I noticed something about that picture. You, a lot of you guys are into the same trends, man. A lot of you guys wearing those dress shoes with the white soles on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, no, I just, I, I've noticed. I, I've noticed. That's what's in. I, is, I know. I, I, I can't get into it. I just, I don't, I don't know. I think everybody's wearing them. Too many people. You got them, Riv? Um, yep. <laughs> okay, they must be a rich guy. <laughs> <laughs> they must be a rich guy thing, but I noticed every guy had on those shoes. Every guy. Anyway, that's all. That's all. I, I didn't notice that. I noticed them. I noticed. My brother has a pair. I ripped him for his too. I ripped him for his too. That's all I'll say. I didn't know you won a championship at BC. Yep. Five shutouts, Beatty, this year. Five shutouts. That's it. That's all he has. Yeah, that's it. In sixteen games. In what? Sixteen games. Yeah, that's that's. I'm sorry. Well, I said every eight. third game. I said eight, eight, is it? No, no, that's not great. You know, it's amazing when eight. you go back, when you so go was back off. and look at all of his, his basically playing career, um, even when he, you know, going back to when he was in, in Quebec as a, as a younger guy in his, in his 14, 15, 16 year old years, um, his numbers are insane. Like, I mean, insane. And then he went to Carlton place, which is in the CCHL junior league up in, uh, up in uh, Canada. Um, and his numbers were, were like this, just completely off the chart. And then he went to the world juniors and he, his, his world junior numbers are mind boggling. Yeah. Like that his, was goal, his save percentage was, uh, I, I think like nine, nine 
60 or something like that. And his goals against average was 0.75. Yeah. Will his height get him? He's six feet tall. He's 185 pounds. He is considered. Six foot would be short. He would be considered one of the shortest goaltenders in the National Hockey League besides the um, goalie from uh, Soros from Nashville. Soros in, in he's Nashville. The, he's even still in Nashville. Yeah, he's the number one guy. Is he? Yes. There you go. Um, but typically, you know, the, the goaltenders, uh, they, I remember talking to a scout, and I cannot remember who it was. Um, but they normally do not even look at guys unless you're like six one, six two. Like that is like the cutoff. Yeah. And then you know you have, you know, well, Jimmy Bedard from the he he won cups with the he was the goalie coach for the Red Wings. He had Osgood there, and he has and he was working with Jimmy Howard and these guys. He like he said perfect height for a goalie six two. Like that's the that's the perfect height. I remember him saying that, and he was also the guy that I had the conversation with Riv that talked about big goalies and fatiguing faster and getting injured that's that's that was the yeah. guy that he, he's a this guy was a he's from niagara region so i i, I got to know well, a me bit, and so you had fought Pete. about uh, ben bishop for years i was a big ben bishop fan pd not so much because he was worried about his injury issues and it just so happened that pd just nailed it right on the top of the head hey eh? this guy was like a well, you're starting you're, you're starting to see it with devin dubnik too i mean another great well, they're big, all they're all older though they're all in their mid-30s like i mean at some yeah, point but in time even... your knees are going to your groins all your your body's going to break down at some point and um well, this was happening in Bishop's, like in his prime, he was starting to get hurt, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, so, in Tampa, in Tampa. Yeah. But, hey, did you play with Claude Lemieux in Jersey? Was he there when you were there? Or was he no, gone? he wasn't there. He was gone by then. See his so kid? I missed him by a year or whatever. See his kid the other so night? I, yeah, he was, uh, where was he? I was with him at a camp. Brendan? Would it have been Buffalo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, that's right. Yeah, Buffalo. He, he was, was Buffalo he was property. He was at a camp. He was a, a camp. Second round Buffalo. draft pick. Yeah. And then so, uh, Tim Murray traded. traded him. In the Kane Ar- Armia. Armia yep. was our first rounder. Joel Armia was our first rounder. We traded uh, Brendan Lemieux, who was the second rounder. We traded uh, Tyler Myers, who was the 10th overall pick but had played you know four four or five years in the league at the time um drew stafford was also uh in that deal and a first round draft pick which turned out to be ross Levick. yeah that's right who is now in columbus so anyway go on about uh brennan lemieux you were at you were at a training camp with him yeah, so it would have been his first year because I think he got traded that first that first year at the end of that year. He didn't want to be here. Bogosian deal. He didn't want to be in he, Buffalo. He didn't want to be in Buffalo. Yeah, that was that the rumor. That? I think uh, I think his I think his dad wanted him out of Buffalo or something like that, so he he got him traded. He's already on his yeah, fourth well, team. He's bounced I mean, around. I know. He's already on I his know. fourth team. He's gone from yeah. Buffalo to Winnipeg to the Rangers to LA, and now he's in this incident. So it, I wonder if there's like a little bit of a tie there. What do you think of the bite, though? I couldn't tell there was a bite, but I mean, you're going to bite a guy like that, and you're going to cut him like that. You're, like we were just talking to Elliot. I mean, I said ten games. Give him ten games. 
where you have well, before to you go precedent. before you go there geo let me let me ask yeah. you a question it's a little trivia question <clears throat> do you know the last player in the national hockey league that was suspended for biting and who they bit No, I got nothing. I don't know. Bit Andrew as Andrew Rutu. is showing his thumb. thumb. Uh, still the last see player that. was Yarko Rutu. Played for the Ottawa Senators. I think he he was playing for Ottawa, wasn't he, Petey? Yeah. How how did you get tied up with him? Uh, it was a scrum after a whistle in between the benches and. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I tried to I think I tried to push my thumb through his through his cheek. And yep. then he turned And this guy gets suspended. He turned <laughs> He turned. I think I don't know if I was trying to poke poke his eye out of his face. Eyeball out. Exactly. But he ended up moving his mouth over and put my he put my thumb in his mouth, okay? And just bit down. So as I started to try to take it out because what happens is, and that might sound impossible, is what happens is, you know, the part where there's like a little piece that comes over the thumb where like you have, you're in that like that cloth piece where your thumb goes in and then there's like a connector piece from the protective plastic over top. And then there's a piece that holds it there. Well, I used to always cut that little piece. So my thumb this, would be. This was with gl- glove on? Glove on. Glove on. Glove on, yeah. That's so that's the kicker to it. I think it, most people would assume that it was glove off. So I just I I had yeah. and then he put my thumb in his mouth and he started to bite down. And as I started to try to take my mouth, my thumb out of his my he uh he bit harder and harder and harder and he bit so hard that underneath my thumbnail, like a big chunk of skin and blood popped out from underneath my thumbnail. So it's all like nerves and like getting skin, just like flesh and like, well, I don't know what was in it, but it was just dangling out over my thumb. And then, yeah, I was in shock, man. I was in shock. I looked down. I was, I I couldn't believe it. So as I'm, as I, I, you learn your lesson, (laughs) you know what, Riff? You can't blame it on him. It's survival mode for him at that point. Absolutely. If Petey's coming got, at me, I'm doing got, everything and anything. Six, you got a six five guy that's two hundred and fifty pounds that has rage issues. That's literally like a chained junkyard dog, and he's got let off his leash. He's on the ice and he's going to attack. What do you what do you expect the guy to do? So the next game we play against him, right? I'm I go after him. I go after him. Do. I go after him, but I go, at least I go, I don't jump him. I didn't jump him. I went at him and I'm like, come on, let's go. Let's go. You, you have to, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Meanwhile, I got my thumb taped up. Right. I'm like, let's go. Let's go. And he's, he's going like this to me. He's like, he's making, he's doing the chomps. He's like, <laughs> like come on. probably enraged he's you even this. more. Probably and I was like, more do you have any idea what it took for me to not, absolutely sucker punch him it took everything in my in my willpower to not do it but then again you know we're so you did learn 
All right, Riff. Good one. <laughs> you know what, Riff? You know what? Everything bad that's ever happened to you, I'm so happy it happened to you. Like everything. <laughs> that guy that broke your wrist, that guy that broke your wrist with the slash, you deserved it. You absolutely I, I never broke it. I, I never broke my Because you know what's back. funny? You know what's funny is that you say this, and this is exactly why I wanted to kill him when I played against him, Gio, for this exact reason. This is how he was, just like this. This was Craig Reve, but only in, in on-ice mode. On-ice mode. Riz was never allowed on the ice when I was out there. Yeah, it was way was a worse. Bad matchup. Bad matchup for whatever team he was on if he was out there against me, so. I was on the rage a few times, and then I played against top line guys, Geo. <laughs> so we would have never crossed paths. But <laughs> I remember being on the ice with Riv, and he, he opted to fight Adam Mare instead. That's all I remember. I would too. That's a smart choice, Riv. I think you're wrong. I think Marzi would have been would have been the worst choice. Oh, I fought Marzi twice. It was fine. He's he's a he's a he's a tough nut. He's a little he's squirrely, that guy. He's as he was as I love I love playing guys. with Marzi. He's he awesome that size. He was literally as tough as they came, as tough yeah. as they came. That's uh, right. That that's I mean Olympics Geo. Are they going? Are they not going? I don't think they're going. Ooh, I don't know if they're going. I think the would you where go? things are at and would I go? Two time Olympian? Would you would go? you want to go if you're in this situation? You have a chance to go to the Olympics. Would you want to be forcing the envelope? And before you answer that question, I I'm I'm gonna give you a little bit of information before. Um, so you would be going to the All Star Game, okay, in Vegas, which would might be quite quite fun. Um, from there, you are gonna be going directly over to Beijing, China, okay. And here's the here's here's the thing that you need to realize. If you test positive in China, okay, in Beijing, you have to stay there for three weeks. 21 days is your quarantine before you can fly home. So let's say you're in the semifinals because you're probably not going to be in the finals. It probably, you know, Russia's going to beat you or something like Sweden, that. But Russia, exactly. yeah. Canada. So – you guys will probably be in somewhere around like the semifinals. Let's just say that you are, you test positive for COVID. Now that you understand what has to happen, 21 days, you have to stay in China. Are you going? I think, I, I think I'm still going. Oh, you don't care about your team, do you? Well, what if you go back to the Montreal Canadiens, Buffalo Sabres, New Jersey, whatever? What if you're going back to New Jersey in February and you only have like a you're, month you're, or two months you're, left, and you're you're on the bubble? You're putting you're 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 spinning putting you it that first. I'm you're you're spinning it that I'm a bad teammate now to am, my team. Absolutely am. When there are how many guys on NHL teams are going to be over there? If I were the only guy in the NHL to go over, listen, over there and play only the selfish ones, only the good ones. So now you're going to say that I'm selfish because I went over there and played with another 150 other NHLers and that I'm the selfish guy because I don't care about my team because I. There's going to be some guys stay back. They're 100%. They're not going to put themselves in a position to get COVID and then I have to stay there for three weeks, which might knock you out of the playoffs because your top players are not there. I'm back I'm in not, the national. I'm not saying it. It's a risk. You asked me if I would still go to the Olympics no. and represent my country. 
and have a chance at a medal in the Olympics. Not whether I was going to get COVID, not whether I was going to have to quarantine for three weeks, not whether I was going to put my team in a bad situation. Those are all risks, 100%. But you have a risk walking down the street every day. You have a risk every time you get in your car every day. So I think I'm taking that chance going over there and having that experience and playing at that level in the Olympics like a lot of other players are going to do. And at that point, you're, you're putting it in a situation that you hope you're going to get a chartered flight over there. You're going to be in a Olympic village that is going to be extremely contained to uh, certain sports, teams, whatever it may be. So what are they they already, put up they already were. So COVID doesn't get in? They already were. You were already, we were already in a house <laughs> that was a building that was strictly just basically our team. So COVID can't get in there either. Thank God for that. The walls. What I'm saying is it's not a going to be a free for all Olympics like most times. So yes, I am going, I'm taking the chance. It is a chance, but I think I would take that chance. Learned a lot. No spectators, right? There are no spectators this year. I don't know. I can't imagine there would be. Right. I mean, what are we yeah. doing? What are, what, are, what are we even doing? I, you know what? I, last thing I'm going to ask you. Guys. You lost me. I, I, you could get hurt getting into your car. You have an armored car. What are you talking about? You could <laughs> crash into a car 100 miles an hour. You're not. You're, you're okay. It's like one big bubble wrap. Anyway, I agree uh, with you. I'm going over to. I'm going over to. Just thought I'd l- let you lead things you Just out. try to make me look like a bad teammate, bad guy. Exactly I see what, what you're I want to do. But you know what? Listen, yeah. I mean the Olympics come every, every four years. And in that four years, you might only be invited to one of those Olympics. Exactly. And when you have an opportunity to go in a once in a lifetime. You go. I, I have a, I, I have went, a I went 12, 12 years between Olympics. So you got to take the chance when you, when you have it. So you went what? Oh, six. Yep. And, uh, 18. Oh, six and 18. Yeah. And were so you, were you the assistant captain or something over there? And where? Uh, at the Olympic. He was a captain. He was a captain, captain, captain at 18. Yeah, no, you, definitely not an assistant in 06. I mean, we had. Uh, okay, Langenbrunner was a captain. Was he Langen? No, that was, you're thinking of. 2010. Maybe even Vancouver or what was after yeah, Vancouver? Yeah, it was, it was 2010. I just, I, I remember. Okay. Where so, was the Olympics in, uh, in, in 06? Torino, Italy. I think the Olympics are going to be the hot topic. I'm telling you right now, they're not going. A friend of what do you think the drop dead date is? What's the drop dead date on that? I think it's January 10th is when they have, is the NHL's deadline day to let them know. I think that's the deadline. Yeah. No way. January 10th. Yeah. So you're telling me January 10th, you can get a team in a month over to China. Remember, I did say, I think that like, our team was picked January one, and it was extremely. Well, the team's already picked. So they, yeah, I think I think no, it is. It do, I think it is. It's already picked, but the NHL doesn't go now. All these teams have to figure out. I think what plans. they're doing. I think what they're doing is. I think they're in the process right now of putting together backup rosters. Ooh. Yeah, where are I you going to find all those players? American American Hockey League. Players that are playing in Europe right AHL now. in Europe. Like Is Jack Quinn going? You know what I mean? Like guys like that? Jack Quinn's leading the uh, 
Okay. If you're a GM owner of a team, are you going to let your AHL guys go if you don't let your NHL guys go? 100,000%. You are? Yes. (laughs) You're no longer worried about safety anymore? Not at all. COVID could get you anywhere, guy. Is sending his number one guy, Krebs or Quinn, in the minors to go and play in the Olympics. You're sacrificing him. 1,000%. They're young. So you'll 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 take the they chance for numb. his him to have experience over yes. there in that setting. One thousand percent over this his is health. About this, I'm not worried about his health. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, you said COVID could get you anywhere. You were worried about health. Damn right, it can get you anywhere. Doesn't At mean the NHL sense. level, he was worried about losing his player for three weeks. Exactly. I'm worried. Not These guys are specimens. Wrong, COVID's not going to hurt them. There. They're specimens. I'm, I'm not worried about COVID. Okay, these 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 players yeah. have great and strong immunities. Okay, and they're going to go over. Like every one of these guys are vaccinated. Everyone are vaccinated. Shouldn't be a problem. Okay, they're going to go over there. I'm worried about. This what happens, the stipulations, if you get COVID in the semifinal match and you get called off, now you're there for 21 days. You might be fine. You might not even have symptoms. You might be completely sitting there going for 21 days, three weeks, you're going to be in Beijing where, where you're, you're totally fine. That's what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about the health of the players because I feel the players are, are going to be fine. I'm worried about you the star, okay, you are, are, are going to take away from the team when you come back. That's what I would be worried about because, you know, there's going to be a lot of teams that um, are, are trying to make the playoffs. And if you're have not they, there, three weeks is, is, is a long time. I, I, I may have missed it. I don't know if I've seen it. Is there a protocol for them coming back over and joining their, their NHL team? Has that been discussed or, and or talked about? Do you know what I mean? Like you come back, you got totally three guys from the Sabres roster. I don't understand why. What's what's the problem? That's the whole point of getting vaccinated, is it I, not? I I don't disagree with you. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, look at the pro- protocol that the NHL has had to keep in place, even though you got 99.8 percent of the people. And that's vaccinated. still confusing to me. I like I, I talk about this, you know, with PD, you know, uh, you know, off 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 here, and 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 asking. I don't understand. What the heck is going on? Well, there's I think players that are being there, there's there's players that are being tested. Being vaccinated doesn't mean you're have no COVID. It means it means that I think if you get COVID, I think your body doesn't maybe get the worst effects of it. I think that's like your body. It, that's at least what I, I don't think. Uh, is that a, well, clearly COVID clearly being vaccinated does not mean you're not going to get COVID because I know lots of people that have been vaccinated that have gotten COVID. Yeah. I, I didn't, and I, I said not. to one of them, I said, I thought that's why we got vaccinated. And then he said to me, he said, well, no, he said, no, we got vaccinated so that if we got COVID that it doesn't, it won't kill us. Yeah. Well, most people had a 99% chance of not dying. I was never afraid of COVID killing me anyway. I'm, I'm for the most part healthy. I'm in my forties. Like I lost a lot of weight. Like I'm not 
I'm not. I just don't understand so why my, they, you know, the, the I only got it for travel. The National Hockey League. Why? And, and you see it in the NFL. Like these players got vaccinated so they can play. Okay. But I mean, I don't and think you can play if like, you've is there no more sickness? have tested is, is positive everything for COVID, COVID now? Though. Is everything COVID? Is no, there no I mean, more? Is there no more flu anymore? Yeah. Oh, I was walking I, I'm around saying if you're the getting other day vaccinated, and I'm coughing just, my brains out, and I'm like, everyone's going to think it's COVID, even though I, I, yeah. I don't have COVID. Yeah. And listen, I was just asking those. I, I, I always I, ask I, those I, questions because you know the reason why those players got vaccinated is is to protect themselves, um, protect themselves from the virus. Has it come out that you can still get the virus even though you're vaccinated? The answer is yes. You know, do the, do the, you know, um, the vaccine is, is, you know, it was supposed to be 90% effective, but it's not, it's, you know, 40 to 50%. So people can get, you know, the, the COVID my, my, I, I guess just the question is, you know, these players, these professional athletes, they, they've, they've gone out, they've got, they, they've got, um, the vaccine and it's just, some of these players don't have symptoms. They don't have any symptoms. They tested positive for COVID, but they don't have symptoms and they have to stay out. It just doesn't make sense. Not my rules, man. They're in an environment where the entire environment is 100% vaccinated. Well, and that's why I posed the question, is there something that these players are going to need to do coming back? What I find amazing is that players will play if they have the flu. Or they have a fever. 100%. I they remember being I can barely move. You yes, couldn't move re- until game time. <laughs> yes. And then you no. go out there and have one of your best games ever because you no. just didn't. You would throw in three Sudafed yep. and you're boom shakalaka. Gio, if and I showed up to the according fever to water. flu, they sent me home. They weren't like, no, 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 we need you to play. <laughs> they like, Petey, just stay home, buddy. <laughs> you just stay home. Oh, Gio's got the flu too. Well, can he get here? But that's the thing. You remember you <laughs> – you guys re- do remember that where, you, you know, I remember being in Tampa Bay. I, I can still remember this. And it happened multiple times throughout my career. I played a long time and, and flu's out there. And, yep. and I, I, uh, I, was, I was sick. Holy jumping was I sick. You know, the, the chills, vomiting, the whole shooting match. And I was, they told me to stay home from the pregame skate. I couldn't even go down to yep. eat pregame meal. And uh, I ended up playing that night. I, had, I, I literally drank water and I had a, a uh, protein bar yeah. before the game. I went yeah. out and played and I got it done and I felt like shit, but yep. you played through it. And now it's, you know, Agreed. anyway, Gio, great yeah. stuff today, man. Thanks. Thanks, bud. That's a wrap on another episode of after the whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76 And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.